the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are back in Hebrews as we celebrate Christmas Eve on today's edition of Truth For Today and Pastor Phil Howard, Behold Him on High. This week here on Truth For Today, we have explored the deity side of Jesus and the humanity side as well. Which brings us to a final conclusion as we celebrate Christmas Eve here on Truth For Today. And it really is quite simple. Behold Him on High. And that's the title of our message today as we turn to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. The end of the day, that is all we can do. Extol His glory. With more, here's Pastor Phil Howard on today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Today, we want to look at something that we don't always consider about Christ, and that is the present tense, ongoing ministry of Christ to his people. Now, you want to know this. He's ministering, and it all goes back to what he did on the cross. The cross bought him his present ministry as high priest and advocate and these things we'll be looking at. But the cross paid for it. But there's an ongoing aspect to our salvation. It's not just the cross, but the ongoing application of it to our lives. I think this is the situation. Uh, when we, the, the Christian life, and to describe it is sometimes a little bit complex. When you ask a person, are you saved? How could you answer that? Well, most of you couldn't. Okay? You may not know you're saved, and you may not be saved. But then, I mean, that is quite a deal. I am saved, and that's Ephesians 2a, for by grace you've been saved. And it's real strong in the Greek language. It's it's a perfect tense. It's a fact. It's happened, and the results remain. So it's strong. Uh, So you could say, I have been saved. But then we ask another question. Uh, Are you being saved? Because you have Paul as told, preach to your congregation. And if you pay attention to your life and to your teaching, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Very interesting. Or uh, Philippians 2.12. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It, it's a, there's a present tense going on, rescuing us from indwelling sin, rescuing us from temptation, uh, rescuing. So there is an ongoing, you can say, I am being saved. And then you can finally say, I'm going to be saved. So, well, when's that? 
I have not received a glorified body yet. In God's mind, I'm glorified, but I've not experienced that. I'm waiting for that to happen. So Bishop Westcott, famous Greek scholar, uh, great commentaries on Hebrews and John, he was asked by a Salvation Army lassie one time, said, uh, she was an evangelist on the streets of London. She said, are you saved? And him being the Greek scholar he was, said, do you mean have I been saved? Am I being saved or I will be saved? And the little lassie said, are you saved? She didn't know anything about Greek tenses. She didn't know anything about three tenses. And so you look at us, you could say, uh, Christ died on the cross, that's all it took. Well, that's all it took in the way of sacrifices. Never any more sacrifice for sin. Once for all, Christ. And there's no more middlemen. You don't need a, a Jewish priesthood. You don't need a Catholic priesthood. You don't need a Protestant priesthood. There's only one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. So the, the sacrifice has been done. And all the middlemen have been removed down here on earth. So any religion that has middlemen, it, it's all anathema. I'm not your middleman to God. I'm just a proclaimer of God's word, but not the middleman. And so we think of what is Christ presently doing to help us? You know, if, the best thing God could have done for most of us, saved us and killed us at the same moment. There'd be no messing up. There'd be no problem. But God gets great glory at taking saved sinners and getting them through and keeping them in a world full of sin. And that was John 17. Keep them in the world. So we want to look at five things Christ is able to do based on his finished work on the cross. And we want to look at those. One, he's a sympathetic high priest. Two, he's an intercessor. Three, he's a mediator. By him, fourthly, we have access to God. And fifthly, we have an advocate in the heavens. So, let's look at it. Look at Hebrews 2, verse 17. It says, Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Now look at chapter 4, verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who is in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Look at chapter 5. For every high priest chosen from a man is appointed to act on behalf of men in relation to God. The high priest's job is to represent man to God and God to man. 
But watch what he goes on to say. He can deal gently with the ignorant and wayward. Since he himself is beset with weakness. But because of this, he's obligated to offer sacrifice for his own sins. Just as he does for those of the people. And no one takes this honor unto himself. So he said that human high priests, their weakness is, is a friendly thing for us. They can sympathize. Instead of telling us off or bringing a sacrifice for messing up, they said, no, I have to bring sacrifice for my own. I mess up all the time. But we have one who's never messed up. We have one who's never sinned, but because he experienced humanity and he became, I, I cannot plumb the depth of what it means that Christ was never a woman, so he never had the woman issues to deal with. But it, the idea is every realm of testing, every realm of human frailty and temptation, he has tasted. He's experienced. How all that works, I'm not sure I could explain. But it is, uh, without ever becoming the sinner, without ever entering into a lifestyle of rebellion, he understands the dynamic going on in the human heart. He understands the frailty, the weakness, and it says he's able to sympathize. That's, that's what it says in chapter 4. He can sympathize with human frailty. And so, we find that Christ, and, and out of that sympathy, he uh, represents us, and he says several things. Listen to what he says in verse 18, chapter 2. Because he has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. And that word is he's able, has the power, and the strength to come as your deliverer. There's something about God that's wonderful. Uh, Just to say God has power is not comforting to me. Because power can be used against you. But he said he's not only powerful, but he's loving. His loving kindness is forever. So we have a God that says, I'm all powerful, but there's no one that will ever love you more than me. The power I have is for you. That's, all, that's totally different. Power in the hands of your enemy is a scary thing. Power in the hands of your God, your deliverer, your Savior. So he says, first of all, I can help you in temptation. I can help you in the human condition. Then you come over to chapter 4 once again. And he says, I want you to approach the throne of God with confidence. Draw near to the throne of grace. Let me tell you, everything in the Old Testament did not say draw near. It was scary to draw near to God. They had to come through bloody sacrifices. They had to appoint a man that once a year on the 14th day of Nisan, Yom Kippur, he had at the risk of his own life, he had to draw nigh. He had to be ceremonially clean. Uh, The sacrifice had to be without blemish. All these conditions to come out alive. And when you get in there, you don't say, hey, how are you, God? None of that. None of this. I mean, it was trembling. The, The assignment was to come out alive. 
If you draw an eye, do you remember what Uzzah did when they're bringing the ark back and, and the ox stumbled? He just put out his hand to steady it dead on the spot. God's saying, you don't steady God. God doesn't need to be steadied. This ark represents my presence. And kill, I thought the guy deserved a break. God said, no, no, it represents, it represents a human effort to steady up God. It's an insult. Don't insult God. So to draw an eye, I mean, just think of the, when Jesus was on the earth, you have the court of the Gentiles. You have the court of the, uh, where the women were. Uh, you, you had all these places you had to go through, and us Christians take so for granted. Well, I just talked to God. No, wait, wait, wait. Wasn't that simple? You, you got this because of what Christ did for you to give you open privilege that you can come with boldness, draw near, and you can speak with confidence, which means plainly, directly. This was all but through the sacrificial death of Christ. Because God doesn't want sinners bopping into his presence apart from Christ. We're too flippant about this God because we don't see him as holy, set apart, and powerful. He's another form of Santa Claus to us. But he's high, he's holy. His spoken word will consume the universe, Peter said. He'll speak the word and everything turns into fire. No, he's a, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. Fearful thing. And here, he's telling these people who've been used to all of these, going through the steps, going through the right man, right sacrifice, right court, and all of a sudden, the veil's rent. When you want to talk to me, come, and you'll find a sympathetic high priest that's full of mercy, and I'm reliable. You can talk to me because I represent you to God. A God-man. That can simp- not a pure spirit being. See, the Gnostic error that was fought in the book of Colossians was that the Gnostics taught that God is too pure to ever be contaminated by touching man. And so they developed a whole uh, system, an eon of gods, and they did it through angels. One angel, one God, one angel, one God. And so they said of Christ, he could not have been God. God cannot be contaminated by touching flesh because they were saying that matter is evil. And all of a sudden, the gospel breaks out. Our God became a man. He touched lepers. He touched the sick. He touched people. God can touch a sinner without being contaminated. He touched you without being contaminated by you. He's a sympathetic, faithful High priest. He goes on to say in the word that he is an intercessor. Look at uh, Romans. When the question comes up, can one salvation be lost? Uh, and listen to what Paul's appeal to uh, the believers is. He talks about God's children. And he says in verse 33, 833, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Well, let's see. I, there's quite a few folks can charge God's elect, I think. Uh, critics, the devil, 
your wife, your husband. A lot of folks that can be critical of you and bring a charge. He's a jerk. He was wrong. Ah, blah, 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 all that. There's plenty of people who can charge you with something, right? So let's don't act like, oh, that never happens. But notice what he says. Uh, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give up all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Well, let's, first of all, let's ask, will it be God the Father? It is God who declares sinners right in his eyes, so it won't come from God. He's the one that justifies us, declares us to be in the right. Two, who is to condemn? Will it be Christ? Well, he's the one who died. More than that, he was raised, and who's at the right hand of God, who indeed is charging us. Are you reading? Are you awake? Correct me. What is he doing? Interceding for us. Hmm. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? It won't be the Father. It won't be the Son. Who can do it? Nothing can do it. Nothing. Because you've got an interceding God up there for you that is praying for you, and many a prayer answered, many a danger you've never seen because he already cut it off. He's praying. Look at Hebrews. Go back to Hebrews uh, chapter 7, verse 25. Notice that great verse. He said that uh, consequently, he is able to save us forever. He is able to save to the uttermost, that means completely, those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives, always lives to make intercession for them. Is that astounding that Christ is constantly praying to the Father about what you need? Have you ever had someone say, I'll I'll pray for you, and the next time you see him, you say, well, God did it. And they say, what was it? <laughs> or even yourself, yeah, I'll pray for you. And they come back, oh, we had a miracle. Oh, you say, oh, praise God. And that one, what was it? <laughs> He's not an absent-minded intercessor. By the way, instead of telling people you'll pray for them, why don't you just stop it? Let's pray right now. I want to get over it. We'll, we'll pray right now interceding, someone going in between and trying to get you what you need. So we have that going on constantly in the heavens. It's all a part of his high priestly ministry. Well, there's another concept, 1 Timothy 2.5. 1 Timothy 2.5, he said there is... uh, Many mediators. No. There is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Any religion that says they have any mediator between you and God other than Christ is false. It's wrong. 
It's an insult to the high priestly ministry of Christ. I was in, uh, I was at the main Catholic cathedral in Mexico City. Uh, I had to stand in line. Many people were crawling because at that cathedral, the, the biggest one in Mexico City, uh, is where Mary, there's a statue of Mary, and Jesus was a baby at her feet. And you were hoping you would get in all kinds of confessional booths around the building. And they hoped to get in there. Many would kiss the statue. And the idea in Madonna infant worship that came out of Rome is the idea Mary is the compassionate one. She's the one that really gets you to God because she's a woman. She can nurture. She can feel. She can sympathize. And even the son has to go through Mary. No such thing. No such thing. Confessing booths all over. Wait, why am I confessing to another sinner my sins? I am not ever told to have to confess. James says if we confess our sins one to another, but it's in the context, it's admitting we sin, admitting our fault. Instead of always having to look good, who's lying to who? We all have faults. You, you reason you don't think you have faults, you're blind. But believe me, other people see them. And it's painful when we find out they're seeing something we didn't know that was there. So we all have to be humble about the fact we're frail. We're touched with humanity. But a mediator, there's only one. See, this was Job's problem in Job 9 when he said, I've got these boils. I probably have me to file bankruptcy. The graves of my children, ten of them, have been already done. I'm a man being surrounded with comforters, my friends, who keep saying, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. I'm guilty. And I'm not able to defend myself, even to them, let alone to God. And and it seems like in uh, exasperation in Job 9.32, the rest of that chapter, he said, I wish, I wish I had somebody that could feel what I feel and could talk for me in God's presence because he knows what I've done. He knows, and ultimately Job says, I have to put my hand over my mouth. I am at my best, an unclean man, at my best, but I haven't gone out and done a sin to bring this upon me. And we know the narrative that is true. But he said, I'm being bombarded. The judgment of the Most High is on me. And my so-called comforters are saying, you must be in sin. You can't suffer this much and be a servant of God. You're guilty. You're guilty. You're guilty. And he said, I would. I would. There was another one that could lay their hand on me and lay their hand on God would you, it's like he's saying, I wish somebody could talk for me. I wish somebody could represent me. And there was no one until Jesus. There was no one. You know, I know I have fulfilled the saying of, I think it was Lincoln, he who has himself for a lawyer has a fool. And I went to tax court being told not to get a lawyer, but to represent myself before the federal government that I didn't owe the money. Well, 
Let me tell you, you're a fool to go without representation. The judge was kind because he saw a bozo doing something he shouldn't be doing, presenting his case as I was advised, and I prepared to present the case. Very intimidating to go to federal court with a circuit-riding judge that's nearly throughout the lawyer before you because he just emotioned to the witness and he threatened right there in front of a full court, I will kick you out if you move one more time. Then I think, I'm coming before this man. You pay men to speak for you. Job said, I have no one to represent me before God. Then Jesus comes and God wants to go on record. You've got a mediator, Job. There's one that can lay hands on God and lay hands on the sinner and reconcile them. Only in Jesus Christ did that ever happen. It's the only one. And with that, we come to the end of our time together here on Truth For Today with our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. As we close out our program today, we would invite you to contact us. Let us know how the broadcast has encouraged you, has ministered to your walk and relationship with Christ. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can contact us. By phone, obviously the easiest, 855-833-9864. Again, simply call 855-833-9864. You can also write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue. Suite 278, Hercules, California, 94547 is the zip code. Now, the easiest way to get in touch with us would be through our website, truthfortodayradio.org. Now, as you stop by, you'll be able to drop us an email, but then take advantage of the many resource materials we have available, again, there at truthfortodayradio.org. Or, again, simply call 855-833-9864. Would you also bear in mind this radio broadcast is available through listener support. As you link arms with us financially, we are able to continue the ministry here on this radio station. So please consider that as you contact us. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.